You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Hey everyone, we're back. Thank you for uh, answering the invitation. Did you yeah. dress right? What's the what is the attire? Formal. Is it business casual? Formal. 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 So I, I actually have a wedding coming up. Lake day. I, <laughs> I thought it was Hawaiian theme. Uh, I have a wedding coming up and it's formal. And I'm like, how, what is that? Is that like shirt and tie? Is that just no, a shirt that, pants? That's like black tux. But I heard from someone else, one of my wife's friends that they said that if it is tux, they will put black tie event. If it, they oh, just okay. put formal, it's not black tie. Okay. It's always best to show up to something overdressed and have an option. Right. I, I can take tie off. I can right. take the jacket you can't off. Get... I can take the exactly. vest off and make a three-piece right. suit a two-piece. I can untuck my shirt. I can unbutton a few buttons and reveal the gold chain and have a good time. But you show up in the Hawaiian tank top and flip-flops and yeah. it's black tie, you're in trouble. Or you can just do what I did when it came to sports apparel. I always had my glove in my car. I always had a volleyball in my car. Just in case. It's like, uh-oh, Volleyball? <laughs> I got you guys covered. <laughs> yeah. So just have a bow tie in your got car. Got the clothes, got the goods, <laughs> ready to go. Uh, but yeah. honestly, folks, you can listen to this podcast dressed however you like. No. I mean, that was, for being a young single guy, I was really proud of I can, that. I can still picture your Tiburon and having yeah. volleyball the volleyball in the, the Tiburon. Yeah, ready to go. And that volleyball transferred over to my blue truck, which I was on a bike ride with my wife. And I said, can we visit my truck? She goes, what are you talking about? I go, I know where my truck lives now, and I like to visit it every once in You're a while. You're creeping me out a little bit, man. So we rode by the guy who owns the truck now. I won't disclose his name or his location. That would be inappropriate. But it was sitting in the driveway, and I was like, my boy Blue. And he's taking good care of it. That, he, lo- he loves the truck. That makes a former father's heart proud, right? Yes. Because I have dreams about that truck. <laughs> on the on the I'm just, regular. I'm not even kidding. Wow. Yep. Yeah, it's it was, like, why did I get rid of it? it? It was and is a great truck. Yep. Not suitable for the kids, though. That's why I got rid of it. But I used Dude, that excuse no. to get another you got a car WRX. that sucked. That yeah. is not good for kids. <laughs> right. But I was like, car seat can't fit in the back. This is an access cab. Like, what, are we going to put her sideways? Yeah, yeah. And it. then we did the car seat test in the WRX. It did fit. But, but it was not more, convenient. It was more, I wouldn't say deceptful, deceptive, but I was like, I kind of want to go fast. But guess what? It's got four doors. So we're, we're good. All right, moving on. Moving on. And if you're going, why are they talking about invitation? Well, you already know because the the podcast name is Invited Part 2. But go back and listen to Part 1. I'm totally okay with you stopping me mid-sentence right now and going to that one. (laughs) But if you listen to the first one, we're talking about callings from God and hopefully taking some of the stress out of it, but still holding the truth that we're all called of God. And the Greek word calling, if you look at, the root of that, it means an invitation. We love to be invited to things. And we looked at the invitation of John the Baptist and three things from his statement to the Jews at the beginning of the book of John. Uh, first thing is know who you're not. Second thing, know the word of God and then know the spirit of God because he's the great counselor. And we're just going to go a little bit farther down that chapter and look at what happened with John the Baptist and draw some other things out. 
Uh, because if you go to the end of this section of scripture we were looking at last week, I think this is the great best transition. And it's another barometer to know if you are getting closer to the call of God in your life or you're on the right path for the call of God in your life. You said it sounded like a great, uh, maybe part of a song where all the instrumentalists go out, the vocalist of a metal yeah. band, Come on. Yeah, the breakdown. Yeah. He says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. He identified that his calling had to do with preparing the way for Jesus. So we are in the last days. We're closer than we've ever been. Bunch of debate on how close we are, but we can honestly say we're closer than we were yesterday to the yeah. Lord's return. So when we look at what we're called to do, is there any part of that that's preparing the way for Jesus? Glory. If there is nothing in your perspective or your foresight that includes people coming closer to Jesus, you probably need to start at square one and get a fresh revelation. And we shouldn't jump over that because I am a youth minister and you ask a lot of kids what they're called to do. And they say, be a YouTube influencer. Yeah. And you wonder, TikTok famous. this is why I say the first step is to know who you're not. Because I told them, I even did a picture example. I got down on my knees and I said, I doubt the majority of you were on your knees talking with God and God said, you are called to be a YouTube influencer. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I think what they probably did was watching YouTube and thought, this guy's hilarious. It looks like he doesn't do any work and he's having a blast. A money. I want to do that. Right. I wanted to say this about John the Baptist, which I think is really interesting and encouraging because um, a lot of times we look at people's callings and like, higher calling versus lower calling and everything. John the Baptist never got anyone saved and he never performed a single miracle. Yet he was the most, one of the most instrumental pieces of the puzzle in preparing the way of Jesus. Can I say what Je Jesus said about John the Baptist? I literally yeah. have it quoted here. Luke 7, 28 says this about John the Baptist. They're in red folks, which mean they're spoken from Jesus says, for I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John right. the Baptist. So it's not an excuse to be like, oh, Jonathan said, like, I don't need to get people saved and I don't need to try. Here's the work challenge. The Let me finish that verse. Yeah. But he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he is greater than he. So if you are wow. a back row Baptist sinner on Saturday. <laughs> Saint on Sunday, living a double life. You're barely going to get to heaven. You're called to be greater yep. than John the Baptist. Amen. That's a wake-up call. That's a yep. big invitation. It is. And it's also a, an invitation to stop comparing as well. But that's not the, that's not the subject of this podcast. So, so let's keep going. We realize our calling should have to do with preparing the way of the Lord. So we're going just a little bit farther down in the first chapter of John, and we see John with his disciples. So during the beginning of the Gospels, Jesus had his disciples and John had his disciples. But John had this great understanding that I must decrease, yeah. he must increase. I baptize in water, the one who's coming that I'm not even worthy to unstrap his sandals, which was one of the lowest functions right. of a slave. He will baptize in fire. He knew that Jesus was going to expand. He was going to shrink. Uh, he had his disciples. And it says in John 1, 35 to 37, again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Ooh. 
So here we see John literally preparing the way of the Lord for him in the same chapter. And these are some questions we can ask as we're walking in our calling, because I think a lot of you are already answering the invitation and you're on your way. I don't think you're far off. I don't think you need to swing the pendulum all the way. I think there's some minor adjustments, some perspective changes that'll lock us in. The first thing to ask is, who is following me? We see that two of John's disciples were following him. Two. That's not a huge number, but still two people were following John. Who's following me? Makes me think, who's actually following me? And sometimes we're disappointed because the people we want to follow us or we think would be cool to follow us aren't following us, but there are normally people who are following us. Yeah. Dude, I remember when I was a youth pastor, the I like the kids that I wanted to follow me weren't the ones that were following me <laughs> the ones like not Dude, that i, don't I was want in it. the youth group i was following you dang it <laughs> no like i'm talking about when maybe when you were said, a leader dang it. i'm sorry uh but i'd be like this is the perceived cool kid crowd but they didn't really want to hang out with me and then the kids that i didn't perceive as cool were the ones that wanted to hang out with me it was just really funny yeah we always have influence normally over a generation younger than us mm-hmm. or in a people group that are, I don't want to say below us, but not to the level of maturity that we're at. We want to identify with people that are at a higher level than us, that are cooler than us, but sometimes that's not going to be it. But the thing is to have the proper perspective of the people that are around us and recognize who do I actually have? Are you a low level manager? Well, if you're a manager, that means there's someone under you and there's someone following you. If you are on a wreck team and you're the quarterback of a flag football team and there's somebody taking plays from you to some degree there's someone following the commands you give i'm saying have a perspective and look at who's following you and here's the deal you're called the lead jesus said in the book of matthew you are the light of the world now i'm here none of our lights are under the chairs they're all in a yep. high place. Yep. Why? Because it's a spot of influence. You're called to have an influence. And when you put a draw on it and say, God, I'm going to recognize the people you've put under me or put around me. And whether I think they're amazing or not, you see them as amazing. You have a great invitation on their life. And I'm going to recognize that I have a spot of influence in their life. Who's following me? That's the first Ooh. question. That's so, good. I was, sorry. I was just thinking about light and sound. Like if you want either of those two things, to carry the farthest you get them higher up exactly right i'm thinking of easter egg hunt and i'm seeing hunt and i'm seeing david stevens hucking a huge speaker up his back up a ladder to get it up on a light pole so it could reach the farthest distance yep it's just an interesting thought i had so the other thought is as i'm walking in this journey of life Have I looked at Jesus? Because John the Baptist is walking and he looks up and out of all the things that he can see around him, he sees Jesus. My question is, as you're going through your day to day, you know, those rough Mondays, those happy Fridays, the weekends, in all the things you could notice around you, are you noticing? And am I, I'll include myself. I'm maybe being a little hard on you. Am I noticing Jesus? I, I'm kind of digress a little bit. Go back to Moses. Remember, our, if you listen to the first podcast, Moses means draw from the water. We even talked a little bit about calling from that. But a burning bush was actually not a rare thing to happen. 
because there were lightning strikes that would happen all the time and bushes would burn. He had to have some attention to detail to go over to the bush and see that it wasn't consumed by the fire. Mm. So the interesting thing about that is the Lord was in the fire and that's why he didn't consume it. So, but still, are you having perspective? It's all about perspective, really. Are you seeing Jesus in the walk that you're walking in? Because Jesus wants to work through your maintenance work. I literally work maintenance. I'm still growing grass. I came by at 9.30 last night to turn off a spot sprinkler. Am I seeing Jesus in the things I'm doing? Big question. Seeing Jesus in everything. Um, I'm reminded of like a message. It was from Rich Wilkerson Jr. I don't think he's the first person to talk about it, but he talks about how you can find, if you look, you can find Jesus in every book. And then he goes from Genesis Mm -hmm. to Revelation and he quotes it all from memory. And it's like a, amazing even in genesis right he's shiloh in genesis i think um but that same like it took whoever came up with that list took them a long time and a lot of attention to detail and so if you are focused enough you will find jesus in everything no matter how bad your situation is you can find Jesus yep. in it. And he's Amen. probably there to lift you to a spot of influence and move you on to the next thing. But until you recognize him, you're probably going to stay stuck. Yep. So John the Baptist sees Jesus, looks at him. Third point I have here, and we only have two more is, have I encouraged those following me? Because we've already looked at who's following me. I've seen Jesus. Have I encouraged those around me to look at Jesus? Because he's walking with his two disciples. He says, behold, The Lamb of God. Behold means to intently look at. Harry Wilson, one of my favorite people, missionary to Guatemala, who allowed me to live with him in his house in Guatemala for six weeks, said that behold means to look into a deep well and lean over and to gaze in. That's an intense sight. And I'm just thinking of the people who I recognize are following me. Are they followers of me or are they really looking at Jesus more that they're looking at me? Because whenever they talk to me, I'm pointing the attention to Jesus. That's what John the Baptist did. I don't remember what podcast it was on, but I talked about that that old time painting that was a story of the crucifixion and John the Baptist was there and he was pointing at him. We know that John the Baptist was already dead at that point, but it was an illustration that said that his whole ministry, John the Baptist was, his whole whole ministry was pointing to Jesus. Yeah. So we as Christians, we're the the finger of John the Baptist. (laughs) We're pointing to Jesus. Now, the last point I want to get into, does the direction of my words point to Jesus? Mm -hmm. So he said, behold, the Lamb of God. And literally his disciples followed his words and no longer followed John, but followed Jesus. Uh, It's interesting. I use auto dictation for a lot of texts. I know that's kind of a Gen X and maybe a boomer thing. I'm doing it now. But I do it a lot. And sometimes I'll say things. I'm like, oh, that's how I talk? Because... (laughs) I say ands and buts, and I'm like, that's not the right way to talk. But if your words were documented and your conversations were documented, would people be able to trace your words and get to Jesus? Mm. A lot of times, probably not. The direction of my sight for my life and the words of my life, are they pointing people to Jesus? And ultimately, will they get there? Because really, our job and our responsibility is to prepare for the return of the Lord. We're a part of the church in this time. God set us in the body as it pleased him in the time period of history as it pleased him. There's going to be a part to play in that. And it reminds me of 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 20. And 
This is from the message paraphrase. It's not technically a translation. And it's hard to find the exact <laughs> scriptures because they do scripture blocks. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I know. It's like, this is uh, 10 through 20. <laughs> what? What? How All do right. I copy and paste this into my notes and tell people what verse I'm exactly I in? I think, the, I think this is it. So I think it's around verse 16, but it says, we're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work or making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's always he's already a friend with you. Mm. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 20. And a level of maturity, and I do believe it's maturity because it's fun at first, but then you realize it's way overrated, is it's really fun to be needed. And as long as the person needs you and they need you for advice, they need you for wisdom, it feels good. But you realize that's draining and it's a waste of time. The best thing I can do is to get this person to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's what our calling is. And it's amazing. The people I can influence, other people can't influence. Uh, An interesting example is there's been an older gentleman who actually lives very closely to our pastor's. Uh, and he's been invited to church numerous, numerous times. Uh, never, haven't really come. This week, I have been constantly texting him. I'm going to be at his house at 7.30 in the morning, and he's making me coffee, and we're going to look at all of his irises, and he's planning out days that he's going to come to the church nice. and plant irises. And he Pastor Tasha, Pastor Tasha, yeah, he's come to the church a couple times. Pastor yeah. Tasha's like, I've invited him in so many times. And I don't know why. But the thing is, I had to have words and I had to have sight. First off, I had to have sight enough because we helped him move a cabinet. This was what this was the clinch pin that got him <laughs> to come to church. We helped him move a big cabinet. He's he's in his literally, I think he might be in his late eighties. Yeah, late eighties. His wife just died of forty seven years yeah. a couple years ago. He's been kind of lonely. Had to move a big armoire for armoire for him, and we're there. I put my arm around him. I said, man, Jesus loves you. When are you going to come to church? I had asked him that before and he, and he almost started crying. And he said, yeah, I'll come in the next couple of weeks. And I was like, whoa, okay. I'll even come pick you up. He's like, you won't need to do that. I'll, I'll be there. And two weeks, I think it was three. He missed a week, but he showed up. Yeah. But when I was there with the armoire, I was thinking, this guy's old. He doesn't have much more time. Right. How am I going to get vision for him to get to Jesus? Well, I can see him getting there to church. Yeah. And how are my words going to point him? I said, Jesus loves you. And Don't get more direct he's than that. To follow. He's starting to follow. Yep. So I'm just saying, involve that in your life. And that's the greatest thing you can ever do. You can't miss your calling if you're really pointing people to Jesus along yeah, the way. I love that. You want to move into wisdom of the day? I'm ready to move, well, yeah, move into I just, wisdom of the day. Um, uh, again, our, our calling, it can be unique, but the broad overview of our calling is preparing the way of the Lord and pointing people to Jesus. And so sometimes I think we get, you know, the whole, I say this, I've probably said it in five different podcasts, but analysis is paralysis. And we get so locked into the specific details of exactly what I'm called to do. And you think about the kid who wants to be a YouTuber. That might be an avenue in which you, it might be a tool in the, in the grand scheme. It's not a scheme, but the grand picture of your calling you can use YouTube as a, as a way to prepare the way of the Lord. Um, so if you become obsessed with the broad term, how, I wanted to say it really cool. I can't say it. You, 
uh, is obsessed a really good word? I don't know if obsessed is a good word. Well, are if you, you become obsessed with preparing the way of the Lord, God will start revealing the intricate, the unique, avenue. yeah, the avenue, the, the avenue, what we think is calling, right? The avenue for calling to be birthed. And let me just say this. This is our calling and it's broad enough to fit into all of our calling. And it has to do with the name of this podcast and the summary idea, the wisdom of my day for this whole podcast, yeah. at least past two podcasts. You said that all in one breath. And it came out strange, <laughs> but maybe because it was so strange, you heard it. <laughs> our calling is an invitation yep. and we are invited to invite others. That's it. Nice. Our invitation is to invite others. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's, That's it. why we're here. And I'm telling you, those are the eternal riches. Yeah. And hopefully that takes some pressure off of people. Amen. Come on. I'm going to do it. I'm doing a glory <laughs> dance right now. Because it's like, do I work here? Do I not work here? Do I accept this job? Do I not accept this job? God will give you wisdom in all of those things. Whatever you do in word or deed. Right. Do it under the name of the Lord. Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Yeah. So I'm not like, I'm not bashing anyone who talks about how God specifically called them to this and, and to do this and do it this way. God, God t can totally do that. But if you're a person who's struggling with that, that's the purpose of this whole last two weeks here. It's understanding the broad picture. Whatever you do, is it pointing people to Jesus? And are you preparing the way of the Lord? It's good, man. Will you pray us out this podcast? I think I prayed the last podcast. Then why don't we never? I mean, this. I can pray. We're, we're, then we're gonna do this. I'm gonna cast some vision. You're we're gonna, gonna do it. Team? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go halfway, and then I'm gonna point it, and you're gonna wrap it up. All right. Yeah. Popcorn prayer. Two man popcorn prayer on the Soul and Growing podcast. Okay. Here we go. Father God, thank you so much for today. I thank you for each one of our listeners, and I thank you that they are invited. I pray they become overwhelmed, filled and fulfilled with the invitation that you love them and you've called them into the kingdom for such a time as this. And I thank you, Father God, uh, that we have people who listen to this podcast. It's a blessing. Yeah. We pray that the invitation doesn't go in the junk drawer. It's not put underneath the magnet on the fridge and forgotten about, but it's something that we respond to, Father God. It's an invitation to invite others. Let that be our goal and our focus in whatever we do, preparing the way of the Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise Good. God. Great execution, man. <laughs> Good. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And again, three is the number of I, finality. Oh, I better not say it a fourth time. But I will say this. <laughs> we'll be back next time on the Sewing and Growing Podcast with J&J. &J.